0: Hey, dude! This dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Lift off. We have a lift off. Hey, all you pet stylists! You found the groom pod. Welcome to our virtual salon. My name is Susie, and I'm your host. I'm a mobile groomer from Seattle, Washington, and anyone who knows me will tell you I love to talk, especially about my job. One of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co star of the show, Miss Barbara Bird.
1: Hey, Susie, what's up today? Well, what's up is
0: episode 381. Welcome to the Groom Pod, recorded on July 30th. 2023 in snow washington and tucson arizona this podcast is brought to you by you guys and our kind sponsors best shot show season evolution shears groom and stazco if you'd like to support us or donate to barbara's house cleanup you can do so at our website TheGroomPod.com, and either click on the patreon button which goes to the podcast or the donation button that goes straight to barbara this week, we're going to talk poodles and two top knot hacks. And we're going to have a part two to last episode's Melaleuca tea tree oil and eucalypt. So, what's new this week is brought to you by Groomor Software. If you haven't found Groomor, you're missing out. Groomor is an all in one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomor has everything you need 24 hour online booking and forms, routing. Credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter
1: GroomPod22 in the coupon code. Hey, Susie, I want to put a little addendum on that. The customer service is critical with these booking apps. And uh, I just read on a Tucson groomers chat that one of our groomers got locked out of her whole account behind a disagreement with her booking service. I mean, they just like shut her down and that would never happen with the groomer. No, it sure wouldn't. They're just very problem solving oriented. They don't make you bad and wrong. Um, you know, they're they're forward-thinking, problem-solving, good guys. Yes. They can make or break an app. Yep, and they're
0: constantly updating and improving, and they're good with feedback. If you want something, if you let them know, they'll try to work it into the system. They've had a little glitch where we've been having to put in some extra business information. I'm not sure exactly why we had to do that, but they're working on that problem. And it did lock some people out of their messages for a minute. They are fixing it. So I have no doubt they'll have it all under control in no time. So, Barbara, we need to do some housekeeping. We have to thank everybody okay. who has sent you the money that is helping keep you afloat at this point.
1: I'm so thankful. Was it? whom I'm so thankful to.
0: Yes, we're going to find out right now. Please excuse me if I mispronounce your name. I likely will. These things happen. (laughs) Okay. We're going to start with Debbie Larson, Maria Overness, Lorraine Matersheed, Haley Boana, Karen Kinleyside, Joanne Smith, Diane Bedelak, Julie Nest, Anita Clock. April Conway, Jessica Betts, Stacy Davidson, Sandy Georgie, Ashley Stribling, Courtney Cope, Katie Morrison, Deborah Shaw sorry Deborah, <laughs> Elizabeth Cameron, Marie Margaritas, Anne Collins, Megan Mary, Julie Harris, Candy Tracy, Colin Taylor, Jessica McLas. Emily Woods, Denise McDonald from Macers, Jenny Hale, Dina Holman, Colleen Gallagher, Ann Amaden, Amy Devers, Carol Miller, Virginia, Ireland, Michael Olson from Cascade Grooming Supply. I should have said Sandy Georgie from Show Season. Deborah Carlson, Lisa Rojas, Casey Warzaniski, Warzaniski, Barb Hoover, Lori Craig, Margaret Vogrenick, Elizabeth Signs, and Washington Association of Professional Pet Groomers. Every one of these people sent you money, Barbara, because they love you and they appreciate everything you do. And I know it's kind of overwhelming. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: good way to get me all emotional as we go into a podcast recording. Thank you everybody. I love you dearly and um, trying to use your money judiciously and effectively, I am uh, feeling a little better. I mean, it's baby steps. And, uh, you know, you can't exactly measure one day to the next. But when I look back on last week, I find that I'm getting out of breath less. And that and the breathlessness thing and not being able to catch my breath was a Huge uh, scary problem, and I, I don't really want to wear the oxygen tubes down up my nose while I try to groom a dog, you know, like no, thank you. Um, so, not yet, <laughs> anyway. Good, even though my one of my customers said, Oh, we'll just put some. Color and glitter and rhinestones on it and it would be you. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Well, we're just going to try and clean away one step at a time and get you in a little better situation. And uh, yeah, we love you, Barbara. That's, you know.
1: Give myself permission for a lot of naps.
0: Yes, a lot of naps. And then occasionally short episodes. This one's going to be a short episode, possibly, depending on how much we talk. We do go on, Barbara. What else did I want to tell you? Oh, we also have a new Patreon person. Oh, yeah. Rachel McEwen, and she's from England.
1: thank you. Thank you, Rachel.
0: Yeah, reaching across the pond. Very cool.
1: that, That support really
0: makes a difference. So as I like to do, we're going to use the podcast as Susie's educational center. And we're going to talk about poodles today because... That standard poodle I do took me three hours because I kept messing with it and messing with it and messing with it. And here's another thing. I got to ask you this one. I have a golden doodle that was little for the first two and a half, maybe even three years. And all of a sudden, it's had a weird growth spurt. It's gotten taller. It's gotten thicker. That's unusual. It is unusual.
1: And I That's don't know sad. if it's
0: if it's perception. Maybe I just perceive it as getting bigger, but it feels heavier. It feels thicker all over. And maybe it's just fatter. They I don't do know. thicken.
1: Yeah. They do these, it's the golden retriever in them. They bulk up. Yeah, well it's taken um, a long time because this dog used to be light and delicate
0: and it's not anymore. It's getting more golden retriever y. Yeah, definitely. Crazy. I hear a price hike in the in the wing, it just went up. I did after the last groom. I was thinking, boy, I've got this dog under price, so I kicked him up ten bucks, and they didn't bat an eye, and they tipped me well and and I wouldn't even do the dog except for they have a behavior case dog, and the dog was not that big, it was under forty five pounds. I bet it's over forty five pounds now. these mini golden doodles I use the uh Quotation marks in the air for that mini golden doodles. Mini. How do you take two big dogs, breed them, and get a smaller dog <laughs> with any predictability? Well,
1: but the mini, the mini golden doodles are—they use a miniature poodle instead of a standard poodle. But they, but the, what they don't realize is that that miniature slash standard line is very fluid. You know, I have two. I had two supposedly miniature poodles that I groom. I just have pricing as small standards because they're they're not. They're much bigger than a toy. They're not in between. They're over, so they're undersized for the standard breed, but oversized for the miniature. And and uh, so that just tells you that the the size genetics in that poodle combining is not reliable. Boy, that's for sure. I thought we were good
0: with this dog. Dog on it. <laughs> uh, she's a nice dog though. But I do her every eight weeks. I do her with like the orange comb and a clipper back, one length all over. So she's a. Susie Friendly haircut, quotations again. It's Susie Friendly. I don't have to do a lot of scissoring. I can kind of back off on the drying a little bit so she's a little damp and is curly because they like that. They're funny people, though. They would prefer the dog be groomed like twice a year.
1: Well, you know what? I, I think a lot of doodle owners prefer a slightly rougher to choose a big word for but just a a slightly less perfect look because they see their dog as a shaggy dog and that's what appeals to them. So when we poodle them, it's just that we're too finessed, you know? You can just like accidentally um, blow them all straight and scissor all perfectly. And then the next thing you know, you poodled the doodle, right? So you know, like I I allow for some I, I allow for some informality in the grooming, and I think that's why I have some uh, doodle people that love me. But I'm cutting way back in those bigger dogs. Well, sadly,
0: I had to take her ears off because they were just huge, horrible. I'm never brushing my dog mats in there. So I had to just, I just took them down short with my little three rocker comb, my Romani rocker comb. Love that thing. It goes through any mess. Just brrp. So there's still some fluff on them, but, you know, the whole look of the dog was kind of (laughs) goofy, but that's okay. They don't mind. They're just happy that I'm not forcing them to do the dog every three weeks, which, you know, with that dog probably be a better deal, but... It's fine. It's their dog. They can choose how often their dog smells delightful and how often they want it to look tidy or not tidy. Trust me, I am the perfectly made person for doodles because I don't groom exactly. And to that point, I have a difficult time drawing the standard poodle around the head and neck area. Do you do that first or do you do that last?
1: I do that last. So that it and I, I put the happy hoodie on there, um, and try to kind of mop up some moisture. Um, I I think cocker spaniel ears are harder to get thoroughly dry than poodle ears, but um, yeah, I one of the things that I think that's important to get nice poodle ears is to dry the underside separately from the top side. And I so do you, have
0: my little comb brush dryer thing for the ears.
1: Yeah, why well, I use that as the last step. Okay, so, so I'm doing it I, right. I, I, I flop the ear open and use the brush dryer on the leather, on the furnishings from the the bottom side, the inside as well as from the outside. And that seems to really uh, get them straight. And the the reason that you want the poodle ears straight is that that's what enables you to do a nice ear shortening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, A little later as well. Good. You know, the curly coat, a curly coat is less even it just is and it's hard to make it even unless you straighten it right I definitely do better
0: if it's straightened on getting the ears even but it is one of those challenges that I face every five weeks with this dog and I'm just gonna get some tips from you later on but um yeah well actually why don't we head into that let's take a quick break We'll listen to some ads, and then we're going to do some more poodle talk, because who doesn't love a poodle? I love a poodle. Did you know that Stasco has come out with a couple of new products? First, there is the Stasco Oatmeal Protein Conditioner. This conditioner provides exceptional body and manageability and super shiny finishes, and it has a wonderful apple scent that I love. Great in the recirculator, too. And they have a new matching protein conditioning spray. Dematting, anti-static conditioning, and finishing all in one. Just like the original Stasco spray, but with that delicious apple fragrance. Look for these new products at trade shows and your favorite distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Probably the biggest impression that everybody gets with the poodle is their top knot, right? I mean, that's what you look at when you look at the poodle's face is that beautiful top knot. I suck at the beautiful top knot. I have a decent top knot, but I don't have a stellar, beautiful, shapely carved top knot. And I don't know that I really want one on this particular poodle, but I would sure like to get better. So can you give me some tips?
1: I love doing poodle top knots. And I, I guess I can say, just to be me, I love my poodle top knots. And I was kind of trained rather rigorously to do a traditional poodle top knot, and then I developed a hack to get to it a little quicker. I've looked at some YouTube videos, and there's a there's a lot of the poodle top knot videos, and they kind of use this same way. And and by the way, I made a uh, pictorial of my tutorial that's on my blog, and we'll post that link when this episode goes up. So you can check out what I had to say there. Sometimes we learn best when we hear things from more than one person, that if we try to learn The way one person is explaining it, we don't quite get it. But if we read another person's or hear another person's explanation, suddenly it blocks in. So check out my explanation and see if it helps you. So one of the critical points of a nice poodle top knot is that it needs to be high enough to balance the length of the muzzle. Okay. We often make a mistake because we make it be too short. And then it makes the muzzle look too long. So that's one of the features of the poodle is they have this kind of long muzzle snout, snoop, nose, you know, it sticks out there. So you wanna balance it with a nice top knot, but you don't want it to all fall down. And your ability to do a reasonably High top knot. It's going to depend a little bit on the quality of the coat. So if it's a coat that holds in place well, you can really shape a nice tall crown. But if it's a floppy coat, you need to use some product in there just to get it good. And it has to be shorter because floppy hair is going to mess up fastest. Does the age of the dog have
0: anything to do with how floppy the hair is? Or or this dog is just a little over a year
1: old. Has it got its good hair yet? I mean, probably, yeah, the age does make a difference and on both ends of the age spectrum. So, younger dogs, it takes poodles a good two years to get really into their adult coat and have it firm up and older dogs often lose body in their hair because it thins out and it doesn't have as much texture to it as it did um, in their youth. So here's what I do. First of all, the most important aspect of a poodle top knot is the over the ears part, the the fact that it's very distinct and the cut that goes across the top of the ears. And you want that to start at the corner, outside corner of the eye. So that's where you I'm doing it with my fingers. Of course you can't see that, but Susie can and I'm teaching her. That's right, so. you guys. She's
0: tracing a line so, from the corner of her yeah, eye so up over the ear.
1: And you know, Susie, it's sometimes best to use a longer shear just to get that, a straight edge. Okay. Just to get that nice that line across the ear nice and clear and distinct and tight. And then what I do is I take the other side of the hair and I comb it all over, do a whole comb over. So to one side, the whole head to one side? Yeah, you take the whole thing to one side. Then I use my curved scissors and I lay them against the line where that I first, and I cut off everything that extends over my line. So that gives a sort of either you can either angle out a little bit or do straight up, whichever you prefer for your look, but it will give it a clean side cut. The sides will be cut clean. And then you go the other way and comb everything over to the other side and scissors even with your line that you put over the top of the ear. So that gets you the basic shape. Yes, you have a question. Yes, I do. What if some goofball
0: who doesn't do this very well has taken the ears at a few different lengths and there's all these like sticky outies on the top end of the ear? I have a difficult time finding that line. It's notorious. When I was learning how to groom, I did a really bad one. And the lady who was teaching me was pretty sure I was never going to (laughs) groom. Do I trim that stuff down? Do I leave it and let it grow and then maybe product it down? or Because you're saying that dividing line is an important part of the look.
1: You want a clear dividing line. It's got to be distinct. And if you have hair on top of the ears that you've cut that is bushing out, you need to blend that in with your sinners. Okay. And, and it actually doesn't hurt the look of the poodle to be a little close at the top of the ears. Okay. It doesn't hurt the look. And then after you do the second side and you get those two sides up, that's going to define the top. You also want to define what you're gonna do around the front of the cap or AKA top knot. Um, My preference is to leave it slightly over the eyes you know, slightly, and I know that some people that don't get their poodles done very often want it cut back. I hate that, but I'll do it. This will be
0: one of those instances, likely with the particular poodle I'm talking about, where they want to see the whole eyes, and even though it's every five weeks. I mean,
1: I've I've had, I think all of us have had poodles that go home, we do a really nice top knot, and we leave a little ledge, and they come back in butchered across the top of the eyes yes. yeah yeah like the skin just ugly and it's what jay scruggs calls the deer in the headlights look that's for sure a way to get the deer in the headlights look on your poodle or on on anything it's just like take away any dimension over the eyes for the back of the Top knot, you want to use your curved scissors there because you're curving not only around the circumference of the back part of the top knot or cap, but you also want to use the curved scissors to blend from the neck up so that you're not just making a blunt straight, you know, you want the back of your, you want the back of your cap to blend into the neckline. So how close you go there is going to depend a little bit on how close you are with the back of the neck. You know, I tend to leave that a little bit and blend it in a little bit. But that's the stylist in me. So the cut over the ears, do you do that with straights and then the rest of it with curves? Yeah, I just use my straights. You know, I love my curved scissors. And the poodle top knot is a curvy thing. It's a curvy feature. I didn't get good top knots on my poodles until I discovered curved scissors. You know, I was trained to groom for four years without even knowing that there existed curved scissors. So to get that nice straight
0: line up the side of the cheeks, are you laying your scissors against the cheek and scissoring straight up? No. no, you're just doing it this way.
1: Yeah, I'm scissoring. I, now, I'm shaving, clipping up the sides of the cheek to the corner of the eye. You have to have a good clipper line in order to have a good scissor line, right? Right. So you have to have that up high enough. Sometimes you see poodle top nuts that are a little bulky or rounded there. I don't particularly like to do it that way, but it's, uh, you know, it's an option, but it makes it look bigger and fatter. As far as I'm concerned, if you're going to, especially if you're taking your poodle short, you want it to also be short at the sides of the head, because otherwise it looks like a mushroom head.
0: So when you're coming down underneath the ears, are you taking all of that short underneath the ears where the neck and the shave spot on the neck meet? Okay, so that's the neck thing.
1: Have we pretty well covered the top neck? Take a look at the tutorial and see if it makes any sense for you, and I hope it helps a little bit. But for
0: the throat... Yes, I ended up with a U, a horrible U last time because I kept picking away at it.
1: Okay, so there's two There's two things you can do. One is to clip it up, not clip it down. Because when you clip down off the sides of the cheeks, you're more likely to go more into the shoulder. I think that's what I did right there. So I visualize an X right at the spot where I want that to go. And then I start from the point. Oh instead of letting my clippers create the lowest point as I clip down, which is probably your mistake. Yes. I locate where I'm going to put the t-shirt line. (laughs) That's what (laughs) I call it. And then I clip up from that and I view it as kind of an X and then I get the other side too. And then, you know, less is more on the poodle throat and if they have a U neck, are you have you run into a U neck where yeah. there's actually a bulge of the neck? Yeah, it's a bulge under there. Well, the best way to do that is to scissor it real short. Okay. And even try to end your t shirt neck for
0: that bulge happens. Is there a relationship between the length of the muzzle and the spot on the, the neck? or is it just visual? Is it just pick a spot?
1: Visual, it's easier to go from the sternum and move up. So it's like two, three fingers up from the sternum. You, okay. know, like you have to fool around with it. You have to find it on each dog, but you know, having a really nice little neck, that's gonna make your grooming look woo, a whole lot better.
0: Yes, and my mm-hmm. head looked better, just overall, if I've got that right.
1: Gonna just attach. <laughs> now I have one I have one client has a toy poodle that wants a clean face, but no neck. What the fuck? Oh, I bet that? that looks funny. And the other thing, this is the toy poodle that I have to use the eight and a half blade on doing face, because she wants a clean face, but she doesn't want to see the skin. It was pet rescue. She has her own images in mind. She knows what she likes and what she doesn't like. And I love it. I had to gag and and scream and kick my feet and, what do you mean I'm not going to do it? <laughs> you know, and then I did it. And I just did it by by kind of skimming off with that eight and a half plate and then blending it a little bit with my thinning scissors, you know. And speaking of which, when you do that line, you do want to scissor the edge of it real nice. Okay. I can do that with my little scissors though, right? Yeah, you can do that with your little scissors, but... You know, your big scissors are more likely to cut a clean edge across the ear because you don't have to lift them and put them back.
0: I like that idea. Yeah. Talking ears, cause you just pointed at ears. I have a really difficult time doing ears at all. And they like nice, pretty long ears, not necessarily ears that are dropping in the water bowl, but ears that look like a poodle that are elegant and attractive and a decent length. And I have a tendency to go up on one side and then correct the other side and make that too short and then go up on that first side and make that too short. And all of a sudden I'm bumping against the ear leather where there was like a good two inches of hair
1: on there originally. Do you have any tips for that? Well, one tip that I have is to do your first ear and then pull both ears under the chin and cut where they meet. So that's one way. I mean, I guess you could do it even before. You could just hold the fur under their chin and then maybe fix it right at your little t-shirt throat point, cut both ears there, and then... And then start working away
0: on the right and left side.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That right, left, right, left, right, left uh, problem I've been there, done that many times. <laughs> do you do the ears slightly damp or do you do them dry? I do them dry because they're going to change. I
0: thought that might help me out. All right, I won't do that.
1: Well, you could try it. I've tried it. I've done them uh, even wet because I've thought of when I get my own haircut. Yeah. So some people can work it that way you know, but do it dry i do it dry well dry i just get them all nice blenders or curves or straights on poodle ears i use curves because you want them to be slightly curved at the sides so that it's a half moon not a bob
0: okay you
1: know, so anytime you want to do a, a half moon you know, like sometimes it's fun on tzus and mixed breeds to cut it straight across all the way and have it be like a little bob. That's a look. It's a look. You know, it's also much harder to get. <laughs> but if you allow yourself to curve it, up the backside especially, what you'll find out is that some of your worst hairs that are tragically impairing your result are the ones from underneath. So I have a little look on my, on my Catone and Maltese mixed dogs, little straight coated, drop coated dogs, where I actually, I do what I call the Legoto Romanolo ear. Okay. And this is really short. The Legoto, you actually go to the leather, but really short ears and short to the leather all the way around the backside. And you know what? They
0: are adorable. I do that with a lot of my Shih Tzus and Havanese.
1: My my customers love it when I leave the back of the ears real clean and it's its own cute little It shapes the face. It shapes the face. And then there's not as much of a flat area that you have to worry about getting even because it's going to be the same on both ears. Okay. So that's that. What else do we have in the way of it? Do you want to know my other head hack? Yes. My other head hack, I learned this from my groomer, David. I've always hand scissored all the head, totally hand scissored. But Dave gets this different, he gets a shorter, Cat and I, I needed to go shorter this summer, especially as I was taking the dogs themselves down shorter. You don't want to leave a mushroom head on a shaved dog because it makes the shaved part look wrong.
0: I need a sound effect. Yes. I was just trying to decide which one. That's,
1: that's the one. You get a ding. Because it makes... The close cut part of the body looks shitty. If there's a mushroom head, that's all out of
0: shape. Oh, this is great. This is a great segue or seg-u, segue, segue. <laughs> yes, this is a great segue for the next part of my question. So,
1: how I do it? Yes. How? How I do it is I take a snap-on cone on either a full clipper or a, a five-in-one. The comb that's the next size up from the yellow comb so it's a lavender one a lavender comb and go from the nape of the neck reverse cutting all the way up to the top and over the front of the dog just do it and i do it in about three strokes so i've got one stroke that kind of goes over the ears one stroke that goes right up the back and the other stroke kind of goes on the other side. And then I scissor it up, and I can do it either way. I can do it across the top of the ear like a little poodle hat, or I can take my chunkers and go over the top and scissor into the ear and make it really blended, kind of more be shown-like. And I actually like to take it in a little shorter so that my be shown here, puffs out and looks real youthful, real puppyish like that. I wish you could see me doing
0: that. Yes, she's <laughs> poofed out her, her imaginary ear in <laughs> I her I have,
1: don't have a tutorial on this, but I want to because I I love this little style I've stumbled into and I stumbled into it watching YouTube of my favorite Korean groomer and she does this little top knot. It's scissored across the top of the ears, but not straight across. So it's more like blended, but it's short. And then the ears are real short and they stick out. And it's not a round bichon head, but it's an adorable head on a bichon.
0: Huh, cool. Got it? Yeah, so let me describe to you the parameters of this haircut. This is an emergency room vet and also relief vet. She loves poodles. She loves their personality, but she doesn't want to do any maintenance on the dog. Her last poodle, I took down with like a, the five blade all over the whole dog all the time. But she had health issues, and as she got older, it was just simpler to do it that way. Now with the new dog, this dog is really well-bred, it's really well-constructed, it is much larger than I had hoped, which is kind of a bummer. They would like the dog's jacket to look different than its legs, like right? right, the jacket to be smaller, the legs to be fuller. And they do the dog every five weeks and will never take a comb through the dog during the five weeks, not once, not ever. What would you choose to do on the body and what would you choose to do on the legs using the combs to guide me because I'm much better if I can use the combs?
1: Well, I would use the yellow comb on the legs. And if that's too long, I'd go down to the beach comb, you know, Um, and I would use the five or even the seven, depending on what they like. Okay. I, I kind of prefer the five blade to the seven blade. Um, and I would choose that. And then you want to kind of blend in the shoulders and the hips. That's the trickiest part of this, leaving the fuller poodle legs. How do I do the hips? You don't want them to look like they got big pork chop hips. Right. And one thing that you can do is with your clipper work is to actually clipper it like it was a schnauzer. So you go down deeper in the thigh and, and down around the back end of it. it gives it some angulation and you, you might want to grow out the front part of the leg a little bit. You know, it's going to be longer. Okay. But doing it in basically... A schnauzer type trim and you and you know what you can do is that if you're using the five blade on the body and you're a little insecure about blending it into the shoulders use your snap-on combs to do that rear end work
0: okay
1: use a a blue comb okay that's not going to be that radically different and then blend that in and kind of get acquainted with what happens when you put the Schnauzer pattern. On the boodle. All right. But, um, that sounds good. I think
0: I can do that.
1: that. That's what I would do. That's what I would try. What
0: I've been doing is the orange peachy comb on the body and the lavender on the legs. Well,
1: that's not enough of a contrast.
0: I was wondering that. That's exactly why I asked you the question, <laughs> is to see what you would choose, because I felt like it wasn't enough of a contrast. Okay, perfect. All right, moving on. Back to the tail. This dog has a long but not ridiculously long uncropped tail. So I would say the size of a small cucumber but not a big cucumber. To balance the front of the dog and the back of the dog I basically have to take all the hair off the end part of the tail. The tail by itself is almost as tall as the dog's head is already. My bigger problem is and now I'm thinking it might be partially due to the age of the dog, is mom would like a nice oval on the back of that tail, at least, or, you know, something that looks similar to a palm. Wants a puff? Yeah.
1: You can't do a puff. Okay. You cannot do a perfect oval puff on a curved tail. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Man. You can take the back side of the tail up and then get as much foliage on the front half as you can. You need to do that holding the tail the way the dog's going to carry the tail.
0: Oh, up over the back. Okay. I've always leveled the bottom that way, but I've always tried to do it off the back of the dog, so maybe that's part of my problem.
1: That's what you would do with a a shih tail. You would flop it over the back and then you scissor it even nice and even and that gives it a good tail and then it flops into a perfect plume. Right. Well, the poodle tail isn't a plume and she wants more of a puff. What I don't recommend is that you shave all the way up to where you could create a puff. I'm doing
0: two fingers at the base, two, maybe three, because it's a long tail, maybe, yeah.
1: That's about right. And a
0: nice point into the back of the coat so that it looks pretty where the base of the tail is. So I think I'm leaving more hair than I need to on there um, for the shape of the tail, I think. There's no way I can take a comb over that, is there?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like that dick ain't straight. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, you know, oh, my. <laughs> you can make it look real nice and and you and you know it's good to look for pictures there's not enough pictures of natural poodle tails but they're there and you just need to get some visual stimulation off the internet of what you might do okay. Would you
0: to to get it
1: so that I can
0: scissor it a little better? Would you use the best shot layering spray, or would you use a mousse, or would you use something else?
1: Six of one, half doesn't have the other. Um, I would probably use i groom scissoring spray.
0: I don't have that. It's
1: what I use to make puffs on ankles and forelegs. It's what I do with little hair when I want to shape it. It's what I do with terrier hair when I want to crisp it up. I've got regular hairspray and I have best shot hair
0: hold spray. Those are the two things that I currently have. I could pick something up, I have four weeks.
1: Of those, I would use the best shot layering spray. Okay. And spray from quite a distance and comb through the spray and spray again. Would you do mousse and that? Well, I like mousse, but I haven't used mousse where I'm trying to do perfect scissoring. I use mousse for Westy heads.
0: Okay, where you want it to look a little more natural.
1: Where I want to get the whole thing to stick Uh, But you know what I say? Try it. The product that's going to work for you is the product that works for you. True. You just have to try it until you say, ah, this is my shit. <laughs> <You know? laughs> okay. That's what's going to do it. And, the, and you, you have to... You know, one of the hard things about grooming and growing in your grooming is that you have to risk failure to grow. And we hate to risk failure when we're producing a product that we're charging for. Yep. You know, so you can engage the client in the process you know I want to try something different today with the tail are you up for it are you okay if I use some stuff Uh, good
0: idea I'll just ask her I'll say hey I want to change the look a little
1: bit to kind of fool around with this tail and see if I can get it somewhere where we like it better she's really easy I mean as far as
0: yeah I can work with hers
1: to engage in the process and then and then she'll tell you yeah i hated that stuff you put in there.
0: okay i like that <laughs> all right well let's take one more quick break and we're going to get a part two on our melaleuca tea tree oil eucalyptus talk from last episode
1: hang tight everybody chris bear anthony here visiting the groom pod so if you know me you know how much i love my evolution shears they're the only shears i actually use so check out all the options, including customizable non-swivels, at evolutionshears.com and give Abby a shout with any questions you might have. GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod, so check them out today. Your hands will thank you.
0: Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent free option, I go right to show season
1: show season true tearless shampoo and hypo conditioner fit the bill they are totally fragrance free and yet hold up on their own as good products true tearless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes skin and hair while maintaining good cleaning power hypo conditioner is a great option as well And it's one of our favorite conditioners, with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance free. Use food
0: Tearless and Hypo Conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Bird's Classroom. That's my favorite piece of... Royalty-free music is what's playing underneath us right now. I love it. I listen to the whole thing. It's like six minutes long. It makes me rock out, and it just is perfect. It's just perfect
1: royalty-free music. So, Barbara, give us part two. Well, here's how part two happened, is that we discussed last week the similarities and differences in Melaleuca eucalyptus and tea tree oil. I first clarified that Melaleuca is tea tree oil, that Melaleuca is the botanical name. And then we talked a lot about how they stretch these, well, not so much eucalyptus because it's cheap, but eucalyptus is used to kind of cut and stretch tea tree oil. And eucalyptus is also used for the menthol-like fragrance that it has. So if you want to make something seem more medical, put some eucalyptus oil in there, right? Oh, man, of course. Both of these essential oils claim to uh, kill and protect against fleas and ticks. And I'm not too sure that either one of them do a very good job of that. I Dosage that I would want for really killing fleas and ticks would be above the range that's used cosmetically. So what you're saying, Barbara, you're saying that it's... Oh, Patty! Yeah. And I said that last week in a different way. But, you know, I just want to be clear that I think that because you can use essential oils in a very tiny amount and make the claims that the essential oil is, certainly the intense aroma of the eucalyptus is going to deter bugs for a short period of time. But we're talking hours, not days. And the same thing is with melaleuca. The fragrance and the, the scent might deter for a few hours, but you're not gonna have much long-term effects. Both eucalyptus and melaleuca are used in cosmetics to, well, they're used to heal wounds, but I don't think eucalyptus is really that good as a wound healer. Tea tree oil is more known for that. The other similarities are that both of these, if you Google each of these, Two oils, you're going to find a lot of comments that both are toxic to animals. So, why are we using them? Yes, why? Because of the demand for natural. And for natural, more and more essential oils have come into practice in human cosmetics and human remedies, as well as for the animals. Now, in regards to fleas and ticks, there is an essential oil called lemon eucalyptus.
0: That sounds delightful.
1: It has a lot of limonene and linalool in it, and it has actually been shown to deter pests. But it's not really a eucalyptus. Under eucalyptus, in my encyclopedia of essential oil safety. Under eucalyptus, there's globulus, there's radiata, and there's about five types of eucalyptus, each of which has a slightly different chemical formula. I used to prefer to use eucalyptus radiata because it wasn't quite so sharp in the odor. It was a little bit more rounded, and blended a little better with other ingredients. And I come to look at it more closely. The most prominent chemical component in eucalyptus is 1,8-cineol. And standard eucalyptus contains 80 to 85% of that. Eucalyptus radiata is more like 65% of 1,8-cineol. And it has a little more limonene you know we have to be aware that limonene is toxic to animals and this essential oil may only contain five percent but if you add it to another essential oil that contains five percent or 15 percent or whatever if you have several essential oils which have the component limonene in it you are putting on enough limonene to detract bugs and or maybe make the animals sick. I just want to raise the cautionary flag about jumping in on the essential oils for pets bandwagon. I think that it's been done in a thoughtless way and that ultimately it's the pets that are gonna pay the price and there's going to be more uh, sensitivity reaction eucalyptus by the way is pretty much non-allergic oh but malaleuca tea tree oil does cause some sensitization in some sensitive individuals me yeah like you yep so i wanted to clarify that and i also wanted to say under the topic of adulteration sometimes adulteration is desirable when when would that be Hmm. when would you want an essential oil that's been meddled with perhaps here it is okay when you were making a scented product that you want to have the very same scent every single time in nature crops differ Climate conditions differ with every crop, location of the region changes, you get something from China is going to be different than something from Europe, might be similar to something in Australia because they're in kind of typically similar part of the continent, but there's going to be, it's going to be different in different regions and different climates, different heights of the mountains it's grown in and all of that and it can vary crop to crop well crop to crop variation is not ideal when you're selling a commercial product that has a certain fragrance so if you want to stabilize the fragrance you stabilize the percentage of components especially of the primary components like the 1-8 cineol of eucalyptus is stabilized at 80 to 85 percent. And that would be a case where it would be permissible to add more 1,8-cineol to your eucalyptus to bring it to that level. You would not want to sell that as a therapeutic oil, but as a fragrance oil for soaps, lotions, Da, da 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 it would be fine. And the same thing goes for lavender. Lavender is sometimes balanced out so that it has the same fragrance, so that fragrance people who are making products that rely a lot on the fragrance can assure themselves of having the same fragrance. Just need to know... Actually, Best Shot had
0: issues with people not liking the particular lavender they chose for their first mix. So they tweaked it. And I don't like the new lavender. I liked the old lavender much better.
1: Well, you know, there's so many lavenders. Yeah. There isn't any single one thing that is lavender, I guess, folio or whatever the name. I'm uh, limited on my botanical <laughs>
0: Okay, we won't hold your fist to the fire then. No, it's true though. Yeah, if you walk around smelling lavender, we have a lot of naturally occurring lavender here and, and then people put it in their yards. And whenever it's in bloom, I'll walk by and I'll just take a whiff and they're all different. Every one of them smells not just slightly different. Some of them are drastically different.
1: Bershon didn't call me or I could have helped them out, but they probably called their essential oil supplier and got help on that anyway. Who needs me? Uh. Anyway. (laughs) That's what my
0: husband used to say when he wanted to get off the phone. Anyway.
1: (laughs) So I did want to try to clarify and kind of focus on what some of the differences were in these products, as well as this matter of adulteration. And just for you to know that um, what you want and what you, if you're going to use gonna buy essential oils to make your own things you really do need to pay attention to the botanical information because if it's a different botanical name it's gonna have different properties all right well i just looked at the clock i gotta
0: go i got to go
1: <laughs> goodness i did yeah you're right up to it
0: yep i uh Yeah, it's okay. It's a friend. I can call her and let her know I'm running a little late, so I'm going to do that. But thanks for being here. I'm glad you're feeling better. Thanks, everybody, for helping out. Remember, we've got the Curly Coat webinar that we're going to be doing here in a little bit as soon as Barbara gets done with her book project that she's been working on for the last while. And uh, that's it. Happy grooming. See you next episode on The Groom Pod.
1: Bye-bye now. Take care of yourselves because we love you and we need you.